Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Hey everybody, good morning, good morning, and uh, good morning to you guys watching us online. As always, stay engaged, sign in, leave us a comment, and uh, welcome all of you near and far. And if you're near, come and join us in person. We'd love to have you. And welcome to those who are near here today. Welcome. I am Pastor Chris. Uh, Great to have you with us today. Uh, We are. We're jacked up and excited um, about Easter weekend here at Coastal. And uh, also inside your bulletin today um, is a little postcard. Uh, This went out to like, anybody get these in the mail already over the weekend? Yeah, a few people. Uh, went out to like 94,000 people. Um, so these aren't for you. These are for you to hand out, to give to somebody. And uh, oh, there's kind of a scary looking guy. But hey, I am wearing that exact same shirt today. So that's a coincidence. So anyway, it's the only shirt I have. No. Um, yeah, so we would love for you to hand out all the invites, like Scott said, pick up signs, pick up uh, tickets, and uh, again, th- those things are not meant for you. They're meant for you to use as invite tools. So today, uh, we are, again, two weeks away uh, from Easter, the, the day, the weekend that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Now, the reality is, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus every Sunday, every week, and uh, every day, uh, but during this series that we're in right now, uh, basically, we are going back 2,000 years to get a fresh perspective uh, on the cross through the eyes of the people who were actually there when Jesus was crucified. So we began this series by looking at uh, the cross through the eyes of the Roman soldier, and what we discovered is that it's only by God's grace, only God's grace that can break through a hard heart. Then last week we talked about the cross through the eyes of Mary Magdalene, and there's a lot of misconceptions about her, but we discovered what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. So today, we're going to look at the cross through the eyes of probably, I would, you know, I would say the most distraught person who was there. So through the eyes of the only person who was there when Jesus took his first breath, and then was there when Jesus took his last breath. So we're going to look at the, uh, the cross through the eyes of Mary, uh, his earthly mother, the, the, the heartbroken mother. Now, even though Mary obviously did have some understanding that her son you know, was the son of God, uh, the long-awaited, expected Messiah, I don't think she had any idea of what exactly was coming. You know, that that baby that she held in her arms in Bethlehem would then die on a cross in Jerusalem. And again, only a handful of people were there that Friday afternoon with Jesus, and one of them was his mother. So follow along, begin with me in John chapter 19, verse 25. It's on your outline on the screen. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's, mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple that he loved. Now most uh, scholars, most people believe that this was actually John, uh, the disciple John that he's talking about. He said to her, her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Uh, Most people believe that at some point, um, Joseph Uh, Jesus' dad had died. So Mary's alone, and now she's going to be with John. So in Mary's experience, though, at the cross and in her life, I think we can discover what it means. Again, just another look at what it means to be a faithful follower of Jesus. 
You see, Mary had, had to make an incredibly difficult decision that really nobody else had to make. I mean, was she going to just look at herself as Jesus' mom, her, his mother, or was she going to become Jesus' follower? You know, was she going to hold on to Jesus as her son, or was she going to see Jesus as God's son, you know, her Lord? That's quite a you know, transition for people to make. Now, my guess is that there's some people here today, either in the building or maybe watching us online, and you would probably say, sure, you know, I believe in Jesus. But if you're honest, you would say that you're not really following Jesus. You know, he's not really, you know, the leader or the Lord of your life. He's not the one that's, you know, calling the shots. You know, when it comes to all the areas of your life, your career, your family, your marriage, your finances, you know, you're following someone, you're following someone or something else other than God. Or maybe you're here today, and you're not even really sure what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to say, okay, God, you know, I want you to call the shots. I want you to be the leader of my life. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I think see some lessons, see some things that we can learn from Mary's life about following Jesus. So here's the first one if you're taking notes. Following Jesus typically begins with obedience. Obedience. You know, just saying you're a Christian doesn't necessarily make you one. I know plenty of people, you know, if you ask them if they're a Christian, they'll say, yeah, sure, I'm a Christian, or, you know, or maybe they'll actually say, well, I'm Baptist, or I'm Methodist, or I'm Catholic, or something like that, but then you really can tell by the way they live their life that they're really not following Jesus, right? I mean, being born into a Christian family, or going to church, or reading the Bible, you know, just trying to be a good person, in and of themselves, those things don't make you a follower of Jesus. In fact, I would say that probably more than anything else, one of the number one characteristics of a follower of Jesus is obedience. It's actually saying, you know what? Yep, Jesus is my Lord. He is the leader of my life, and I'm going to do whatever he tells me to do. And the reality is we see that in the life of Mary. Now, Picture this. Let's go back a little bit to what we know about Mary. You know, remember she's a a young teenage girl. Remember she was engaged to be married, and then she finds out from an angel of God that she's pregnant, but not from her fiancé. You know, it's it's a supernatural event from the Holy Spirit. Now all of a sudden, she's got to explain that one to her parents. You know, she's got to explain that to her fiancé, Joseph. That, hey, I'm a virgin, but I'm pregnant, and it's not by you, and it's not by any other of the guys here in the community. It's from the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine just how scary that would be? Now, the truth is, in that day and time, she could have been stoned to death. So, how would you have responded? Now, let me show you how Mary responded. Luke 1, 38. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. I want you to underline that phrase, I am the Lord's servant. Basically, Mary says, okay, God, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. I trust you. I'm going to obey. 
Now, to be fair, when she said those words, I don't necessarily think that she realized that her obedience was going to lead her to the foot of the cross. But at every step in her life, you know, when she, even when she came to a crossroads, Mary trusted God and basically said, okay, God, I'm going to listen to your voice above every other voice. I'm going to follow you above every other person and every other thing in my life. So let's bring this to 2022. Let's make this personal and real in your life. Have you made that decision today? I mean, at some point in your life, have you basically said, hey, God, whatever you tell me, I am going to do. Wherever you tell me to go, I'm going to go. You know, I'm going to trust your voice above every other voice in my life. You know, not picking and choosing, you know, what parts of the Bible I want to listen to and what parts I don't want to listen to. You know, not choosing when you're going to follow God and when you're not going to follow God. But saying, God, I'm going to follow you no matter what. Whatever you say. You see, Jesus actually said that one of the primary ways that he can tell that we actually love him is not by how many times you go to church, not how often you pray, but if we obey him. John 14, 15, and 21, Jesus said, if you love me, what? What's the next word? Obey, obey my commandments. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. You see, Mary's obedience showed that she loved Jesus enough to follow him all the way to the cross when so many of his other disciples turned tail and ran. So what does your obedience say about you today? You know, everyone makes someone or something the Lord of their life. The thing that calls the shots. You know, whether that's your career, money, another person. We are all following someone or something. Who are you following? And if it's not Jesus, who or what has become the Lord of your life? And then are you being obedient with your entire life? All of it, not just, you know, this part or that part, but all of it, your dating life, your money, your job, your family, your, you know, your language, all of it. And so what I want you to hear loud and clear today is that you can trust Jesus enough to obey him, to follow him. All you have to do is to look at the cross and see just how much Jesus actually loves you and what he is willing to do, what he's willing to go through for you. Now, I think we do need to understand this, though. Absolutely, obedience always, always is the right thing to do. It, is always, it always leads to God's best. But obeying Jesus, following him, is not always the easiest thing to do. It's not. And that leads us to this next truth, this next lesson I think we can learn from Mary. Following Jesus leads to both times of sorrow and joy, joy and sorrow. Now, I, I think that that's hard for people to grasp, 
especially in, in the world in which we live, and there's a lot of people kind of, you know, preaching and saying other things. I think it's hard for people to accept because they've got it in their head that, hey, you know what? You come to Jesus, you know, now you're a Christian. Woo! Everything in your life is always going to be great. You know, there's never going to be problems. You're going to get a lot of money. You're always going to be happy. All of that. But we discover from Mary that sorrow is every bit as much a part of following Jesus as joy. And sometimes following Jesus will lead you to the foot of a cross. Now, just 40 days, 40 days after Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary did what any good Jewish parents would have done in their day, and uh, they took Jesus, their, their newborn, you know, to the temple to be blessed. Luke 2, 27, it says this. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. Simeon uh, was a godly man, basically been waiting his entire life, had a promise from the Lord, waiting his entire life for this, that he would see the Messiah before he died, okay? This is what it says. He took the child in his arms and praised God. Okay, so there's joy, right? There's joy. Then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall. There's sorrow. By the way, we typically don't say things like that at a baby dedication, do we? You know? Wow. But he will be a joy to many others. Joy. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. There's the sorrow. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And then this last part is specifically directed toward Mary. A sword will pierce your very soul. Wow. I mean, right there, just in this paragraph, what a roller coaster of emotions. And I think sometimes we just need to be honest with people and say, you know, on the front side, right? Clarity is king. Let's be clear here. Sometimes that's what it's like to follow Jesus. There are these great, great moments of joy. And then there's also these moments of deep sorrow and pain. You see, following Jesus is seldom the easy path. You know, there are going to be times that you might just be dismissed by somebody, you know, because you follow Jesus. You, you say you're a Christian. You might lose out on a dating relationship because there's just some things that you're not going to do. There's some lines you're not going to cross. You might lose out on maybe a pr promotion where you work because you're not willing to play ball and do some unethical things like maybe some other people where you work. And so what I want you to see today is that that was true for Mary and the same is true for us today. Following Jesus is not the path of least resistance. It's not always the easiest path. But I want you to get this. It is, though, the path of greatest reward. Greatest reward. And that's an important lesson that I think we learned from Mary at the cross. That even though in this world there are times of great sorrow and pain, the cross shows us, the resurrection shows us that God is there and he will help us overcome any failure, any hurt, any loss. You know, John 16, Jesus said, here on earth, you're gonna have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You know, it kind of drives me crazy as a pastor when people say, oh, God will never put on, you know, never give you more than you can handle. Let me tell you something, that's a lie. 
He will give you more than you can handle. Why? So that you'll go to the one who can handle it. Not you, but God through you, Jesus. You are going to be given things that you can't handle, but, G- but God will be there to see you through it. He'll give you the strength, but it's not yours. Sure, you're, you're not going to be able to handle it, but he will, and he will see you through it. Now, there's something else we learned from Mary, and it's something that I don't think we, we hear very much about. Uh, number three, following Jesus is also filled with miracle moments. Miracle moments. I love this about the Christian life, that, you know, that when you're following Jesus, there are going to be these moments that really cannot be explained other than a miracle. Now, what's a miracle moment? What do I mean by that? Well, here's my simple definition, okay? A miracle moment is an experience that happens in your life that causes you to say, look what God did. Look what God did. It, it's, it's, you know, it just can't be explained. It's, it's more than coincidence. It's not something you did or somebody else did. It's just one of those times where you just sit back and go, wow, Man, there's no other way to explain that than than God did it. Now, a miracle moment, sure, it could be something really big, but I think many times miracle moments are, you know, pretty small in comparison. That's That's the exciting part about following Jesus. And if you're willing to, you know, keep your eyes open and you're gonna see some stuff happening around you on a regular basis. Now, can you imagine how many miracle moments that Mary must have had with Jesus in her lifetime? One of the miracle moments that we see early on that we're you know, privileged to, to read about in the Bible um, happened when Jesus was 12, okay? Mary and Joseph had just taken their family to Jerusalem uh, with the Passover, and they went with a large group of people from their community. They're traveling you know, with hundreds of people, and now you know, the Passover is over, and they're on their way back, and they just assumed you know, that Jesus was with them, you know, or, well, that he was with somebody else in their group because he wasn't right there with them. But you know, they got family, they got friends, and then all of a sudden they discovered, guess what? He's not there. They couldn't find him. I mean, they, they basically left him in the big city. You know, they're from a little tiny hick town, and he's in Jerusalem on his own. Now, if you're a parent, can, can you imagine the panic of having lost your child, not knowing where he or she is? You know, I want to kind of like raise your hand if you've ever lost your child, but then that might be really embarrassing. All of a sudden, people are going to be looking around and go, Yep, not trusting my children with that person, you know. Um, I remember when I was like nine years old, uh, I was at Six Flags with my family, you know, in Georgia, Six Flags over Georgia, and um, I got lost for like, it was like midday, and I got lost until the park closed and everybody was, you know, uh, leaving. And uh, I mean, there were announcements going on over the I never heard them. And at first it was kind of cool. It was like, woo, I can ride rides, you know. And then I was like, wow, where is everybody, you know. And I guess I was just, you know, too dumb to, you know, to go. They, they had a place that said lost parents. And I, I thought to myself, I'm not a parent, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Anyway, but think about if that child, though, happened to be the son of God that you're responsible for. You know, can you imagine Mary, you know, praying on the way back to Jerusalem? Um, God, you know, that baby that you entrusted to me and, you know, a miracle of the Holy Spirit and all the stuff at Bethlehem that you did. Well, we lost the Messiah, <laughs> you know. He's gone, you know. Um, so Luke 2.46, three days later, I mean, not five hours, three days he's gone. 
They finally discovered him in the temple. Now, what was he doing? It says, sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them, and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? I think that's like the cleaned up Bible version of what she actually said. Um, You know, your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. And then listen to this. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? And then this last line. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Underline that. His mother stored all these things in her heart. You know, Mary sees her 12-year-old son schooling all the religious leaders on what the Bible says, what the scriptures say, on his understanding of God. I gotta believe that's just one of many miracle moments that she has with Jesus. And it says that she stored these things in her heart. She held on to it. She didn't forget it. Look, Jesus wants you to experience miracle moments with him as well. And that's why it's so important for you and I just to keep our eyes open. You know, to all the the moments that happen every day where God is doing things. You know, things that only he can do. I mean, I can't tell you how many miracle moments that, that we've experienced here at our church in the, in the 32 years since we began. Uh, I want to share just one with you quickly. Just a couple of weeks ago, somebody from our prayer team came up to me after one of our services just to share something they were so excited about. And it was a miracle moment. Now, you need to know that this person has a family member uh, with a drug addiction And man, it has been a real struggle for a long time for this person. I mean, it's been hard. Well, on this particular day, they decided to go back uh, to the prayer and decision area. You know, during our decision time, during uh, communion, just be there ready to pray with anybody who happens to, you know, come back there um, to pray. And there's multiple volunteers. So, you know, so anyway, somebody comes up and this person has a chance to pray for someone who goes back to the prayer and decision area for a family member who is struggling with the exact same type of drug addiction. And you have no idea just how, how that moment, you know, strengthened that person as they shared with me this miracle moment. And they're like, Pastor Chris, like, there's no way to explain that other than God did that for me and for this person and just brought us together in that moment. I guess what I'm trying to say is we don't always recognize them, but I think they're there right in front of us. By the way, your salvation is a miracle moment. I mean, anytime somebody says yes to Jesus, takes the next step, or, or, you know, maybe there's a marriage that's on the rocks, and, you know, that couple, you know, maybe they come to church, and they get plugged in, and they get some counseling, and God heals and saves that marriage. That's a miracle moment. Or maybe there's a, a family that's been trying to get pregnant, you know, for years. They've been praying, and all of a sudden, they're pregnant. You know, things like that happen all the time. Uh, you know, an unexpected blessing, a door that has been closed for a long time, all of a sudden, it opens, I'm saying those are miracle moments. And then don't miss this. Like Mary, when they happen, hang on to them. Store them in your heart. Remember them. Share them with other people. Don't forget what God did because I want you to hear this. When times do get tough and you're losing hope, those miracle moments will be there for you to strengthen your faith. They remind you that God does miracles every day and you don't have to lose hope. In fact, right now, I just want you to take a moment, just a moment right now, and just think 
of some miracle moments that, you know, that God has done in your life. You might even write them down today on your Connect card. If you're watching online, man, leave a comment. They, you know, there was really no other way to explain this, but God did it. And just remember that no matter what you're facing, God can do it again. He can provide another miracle. And then remember that in between those miracle moments, it does require faithfulness. And that's the next thing that we learn from Mary, that following Jesus requires faithfulness. See, I think it's easy to be faithful during a miracle moment, but it's a little harder to be faithful when life's not easy. You see, Mary was faithful even though she had to walk down a really tough road. I mean, she had to see her son executed. And I'm sure there were times along the way when it was hard and difficult and she felt like possibly abandoning God's plan or going her own way. In fact, we are privileged or honored to see one of those moments. Look at Mark 3, verse 21. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. Now, this is his family, okay? You thinking your family's crazy? <laughs> this, is what, this is what Jesus' family was saying. Now, it says what, when they heard what was happening. What was happening was Jesus, man, he was turning the, the world upside down. And people are getting really mad at him because he's changing everything. And so his family sees what's happening, and they go to get him. They, they want to take him away. They want to take him back home. And then it says this. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. And there was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and they said, your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And then he looked around, looked around him and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Wow. I mean, that had to be hard to hear as a mom, as brothers. But I actually think right here is maybe where, where Mary had her literal come to Jesus moment, right? I mean, I think she had to decide. Okay, are you just gonna keep holding on to this role as Jesus' mom, his mother, or are you going to become a follower? You know, are you going to start seeing Jesus as God's son, as your Lord? And I think she made the decision to follow Jesus because she goes all the way to the cross when other people ran. Sure, faithfulness is making that initial decision, right, to follow Jesus, but then it's also making a decision every day after that, hey, I'm gonna be faithful, now listen, if you're here today, if you're watching this and you, know, you are a follower of Jesus, then you don't have to pray for your salvation every day. Man, that's a one-time thing. That's a gift. You know, you, you've received it. It cannot be taken away from you. But every day after, I think we do have to in some way kind of just recommit ourselves. You know, that I'm gonna be faithful to Jesus. I'm gonna say, you know what, Jesus? You are going to lead every area of my life today. You know, whether I'm at work, whether I, you know, in relationships, at school, with my family, my kids, my spouse, in everything I do, and with everyone that I meet, Jesus, you call the shots in my life. You are the Lord. But I want you to know this. Faithfulness is not perfection. It's not. Nobody in this room is perfect. You know? 
Why? Because we're sinners in need of a Savior. We're in need of grace. Faithfulness is not perfection. But you know what faithfulness is? It's just growth. It's it's taking next steps. It's becoming. It's participating in what God is doing through sanctification. It's becoming, day by day, a little bit more like Jesus. It's being faithful. And I think God rewards that. In fact, Hebrews 3.14 says, for if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, listen to this, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Mary was faithful to Jesus to the very end. And because of that faithfulness, what does it say? She now shares in everything that belongs to Jesus, all the rewards of heaven. Let me encourage you today because I know it can be hard to follow Jesus and to be faithful when there are times when you feel like you know, you're the only Christian you know, where you work. You're, you're, the, you're the only follower of Jesus you know, at your school, maybe even in your own family. Listen, be faithful. Maybe you feel like giving up. Maybe you feel like giving up on a dream that God put in your heart. Maybe you feel like giving up on God or you know, walking away from his bride, the church. Listen, don't do it. Don't give up. Remember, God is with you. He is faithful. You be faithful. Trust him. You know, you got a choice to make when, you know, in the middle of a trial, in the middle of pain, when it's hard, when it's difficult, are you going to lean into God or are you going to turn away? Lean in. Lean in. And if you do, you will discover that he will see you through it. And if we remain faithful to the end, he will bless us with everything that belongs to Christ. Guess what? The last I looked, everything belongs to him. It all does. Here's the final lesson that Mary teaches us. It does demand complete surrender. Following Jesus demands complete surrender. I think if I had to sum up one word you know, as what it means to follow Jesus, I think surrender is a pretty good one. Mary surrendered herself completely to God's will. And if we're going to follow Jesus, we've got to learn what that means, what it means to surrender ourselves to him. Matthew 16, 24, I think Jesus tells us a little bit about it. Uh, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. You see, Jesus surrendered himself completely for you and me on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven, so that this relationship with God could be restored, so that you could have a home in heaven, so that you could be the person that God originally created you to be. And Jesus says, if you're gonna follow me, then it requires that you surrender everything. Your life, your plans, your agenda, and you let him lead your life. You see, it's, it's just not enough to say, well, you know, okay, God, I think I'll give you this part of my life. I'll surrender this, but not this. Jesus, you can, you can lead over here, but I think I'm going to lead here. You know, you can, you know, be the boss. You can be the Lord in this area, but you know what? I'm going to keep control of my, my career, my money, my relationships, my family, Let me ask you this question. 
And I'm going to close with this. What area of your life have you not surrendered to God? I mean, just be honest. It's a relationship, a marriage, your sex life, your career, your money. You know, maybe it's something relatively simple that God has asked you to do. But for whatever reason, you haven't done it. You haven't listened to him. Maybe for some of you, um, it's getting baptized. You know, man, we, we've been so blessed here at Coastal for the last almost every week for a little over a month now, we've had someone get baptized in, in one of our services. Listen, Jesus did it. Jesus commanded it. Anybody, raise your hand if you have a military background here. Anybody, any military people? Yeah, okay. Really quickly, if your commanding officer asks you to do something, what's your, what's your option? You kind of laugh at that, don't you, right, if you're in the military, right? Because there is no option. You do it. Last I checked, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What are you waiting on? Any service, any Sunday, we're ready. In fact, you could sign up now for, we have a beach baptism schedule. We have one in the beginning of the summer, one at the end of the summer. You go to our website, sign up today. You know, maybe, um, maybe you've attended Coastal for a while, and you know, you know it, you feel it, that he's asking you to become a member of this church, to, to stop saying like their church or your church, but now, you know what, this is my church, this is my church home, and I wanna be officially a member of this church, but for whatever reason, you've been putting it off. Why? Giving? You know? Are you, are you a generous giver? If not, why not? Serving. You know, Scott talked about that uh, during the welcome, and, you know, I kind of mentioned that last Sunday uh, during my message. You know, take out your Connect card. Look at that, right on the back. I'd like to volunteer to serve. Bye, and then you can circle one of these many different ways. All these other decisions, next steps. It's about obedience, being a follower of Jesus. Look at this last verse. This is gonna be my prayer this morning for all of us. Romans 6, 13. Give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. Will you do that today? Will you give yourself completely to him? Will you make Jesus the Lord of your life? Bow your heads and pray with me. I want to pray right now for those who are here who are already believers, you're already Christians. Let me just ask again right now, with your head bowed, your eyes closed, is there an area of your life that you haven't surrendered to Jesus? It's probably that area of your life that's full of worry or fear or shame or regret. It's that area that you're always stressing out about. Man, today, today, surrender that to him. To say, you know what, I, I don't just believe in Jesus, but I'm following him in this area included, all the areas. And right now in my heart, I am, I am on my knees and I am giving you this area of my life. I surrender to you. Maybe you're here today or you're watching this and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus at all. You've never become a follower, a, a Christian. 
You've been living apart from him. Maybe today, for the very first time, you want to do that. Just in your heart, right now, say something like this. Dear Jesus, I believe, I do, I believe in you. I know what you did on the cross for me. It was me, my sin, that put you on that cross, and I believe what you did to be true. Jesus, today, for the first time, I don't, I don't wanna be Lord of my own life. I need you to lead. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to lead the life that you created me to live. I, I'm no longer gonna be the leader, but God, I want Jesus to lead. Pray that in your heart right now. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. He will come in today. He will give you, as the Bible says here, new life. Father, today we thank you for Mary and for her faithfulness. We thank you for your son who did surrender everything for us on the cross so that we could have new life. We love you and we pray this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.